if you watched any college football yesterday, my guess is if someone kicked a field goal or an extra point on the net, you may have seen a, uh, an ad for Allstate. It says Allstate, and then it's got a picture of two hands, and on the bottom, I think it said, you're in good hands, because that's Allstate's thing now, right? You're in good hands with Allstate. The first time I, I saw it, I thought it was a rather catchy ad, right? Because you're going to watch the field goal or the extra point, and what a neat thing, right? As the ball sails between the uprights, it gets caught by a net that says, you're in good hands, which is exactly what Allstate wants you to think of, right? They want you to think, boy, if you have Allstate, you are in good hands, right? And by that, they mean, boy, if, if, if you have a bad week, your car gets wrecked, you have a, a, bad, a bad day, and, and your house burns down, or, or anything else like that, Allstate is going to be there, right? Because you're in good hands with Allstate. They're going to be there for you in your time of need. I suppose to a point, though, right? I mean, there's only so much Allstate is going to do for you because at the end of the day, they're still a business. They're not going to take care of every last one of your needs. They're going to take care of you as far as, well, the insurance policy that you've been paying them for any number of years covers you. And that's where their care is going to then stop. So it's a nice thought, but it only goes so far, doesn't it? If you've noticed, the last three weeks now, we've come of in his hands. That when you and I are in God's hands, we are in far better hands than we are, than, say, with Allstate. We heard two weeks ago on the Festival of the Reformation how we are in good hands because God, through his church, has preserved his gospel, which means you and I are, are able to hear exactly what our Savior has done for us, and know exactly that there isn't anything you and I need to do in order to be saved. But instead, our Savior has done it all. From, from coming and living perfectly in our place so that we could be perfect before God, to dying on the cross to take away every last one of our sins, to calling us to faith through the gospel, there isn't any step along the way that you and I get to take credit for and pat ourselves on the back. Instead, in God's hands, it's all done. Then last week, we, we celebrated All Saints, where we not only remembered those saints who have gone before us, but remembered because of what our Savior has done, you and I are, are saints. We are, are perfect and holy in God's eyes because of what our Savior has done and how being a saint affects every last thing we do, including taking, all of God's, taking God at his word and trusting his promises and, and next week, we're going to hear all about the judgment. Now, on the one hand, that might sound a little grim and dark, but as believers, it means the last day has come and our, our final victory is assured. And so even in the last judgment, we see ourselves in God's hands because, because of what Jesus has done. Even the judgment is nothing for us to fear. Even God's return on for you and I is our entrance into heaven. Which I suppose brings us to today, huh? As you and I wait for our Savior's doing until, well, God either takes us to be with him in heaven or our Savior returns. And as Jesus uh, tends to do, in order to teach us, he tells us a story. 
And our story this morning that Jesus tells us is recorded in Matthew chapter 25. It's printed for you in your service folder if you wanted to follow along. Jesus says, The kingdom of heaven will be like ten virgins who took their lamps and went out to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were foolish, and five were wise. The foolish ones took their lamps but did not take any oil with them. The wise ones, however, took oil in jars along with their lamps. The bridegroom was a long time in coming, and they all became drowsy and fell asleep. At midnight, the cry rang out, Here's the bridegroom. Come out to meet him. Then all the virgins woke up and trimmed their lamps. The foolish ones said to the wise, Give us some of your oil. Our lamps are going out. No, they replied. There may not be enough for both us and you. Instead, go to those who sell oil and buy some for yourselves. But while they were on their way to buy the oil, the bridegroom arrived. The virgins who were ready went in with him to the wedding banquet, and the door was shut. Later, the others also came. Lord, Lord, they said, open the door for us. But he replied, truly, I tell you, I don't know you. Therefore, keep watch, because you do not know the day or the hour. So with any parable, right, we want to keep in mind one, a few things. That as Jesus is telling a parable, he's driving at a, a single point. In other words, as we hear Jesus tell these parables, tell these stories, he, he tells them in order to emphasize a single point. And so for us, the main point Jesus is driving at. And I think Jesus spells it out pretty clearly right at the end, right? The whole point of the parable is so that his disciples is so that you and I keep watch, right? That you and I are ready and waiting for our Savior to return. So that we understand and we look at the details of that story with that thought in mind. Here is the point Jesus is driving at with this story. Now, it's a happy story, right? There's a wedding. And maybe just to understand uh, a little, some of the details of just how Jewish weddings worked, there was a, a betrothal ceremony where the, the husband and wife came together and they, they promised to, to, to live to, or to be together for their entire life. And then they were separated. The, the, the wife or the, the bride's times, there was a break of several weeks to, to many times, several months between when the bride and the groom would come together. And then when they came together, there would be this big banquet. And what would happen is you'd have, uh, like we heard in our, in our, in our story, you'd have uh, attendants to the bride who would wait for the groom to come, and then they would use their lamps, and they would have this festival procession as he went to get his bride and as they went to their home. And this banquet would ensue. And so you kind of have an idea what, at least as, as the, the followers of Jesus then would know and understand. Okay, so there's a, a wedding, and you have ten virgins, ten attendants who are there waiting for the groom to come. They don't know when the groom is coming. They just know he's coming. And so... He describes you have five who are wise and five who are foolish. Five bring extra oil because they recognize, I'm not sure when, the, when this groom is coming, so I'm going to be prepared. I'm going to be ready. I'm going to have extra oil for my lamp. In today's children's message, I, 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 I use the illustration of a flashlight. Right? If, if, if you're, if you're going to have to use a flashlight and you're not sure how long you're going to need that flashlight to be on, it's probably wise to bring extra batteries or at least 
know that, okay, I know where I can get some really quickly, like my pocket if I need them. And they wait, and they wait, and they wait, and the bridegroom doesn't come right away. <laughs> and then the cry goes out that the groom is on his way. And those attendants, they, they trim their, their oil lamps, they, they get them shining again, and the five foolish ones are looking going, he isn't here yet, and I think I'm going to run out of oil before he does. Share some of your oil with us. And the wise ones are like, no, if I share my with you, I'm not going to have enough, and then it doesn't do any of us any good. She says, why don't you go and buy your own, right? And while they're gone, the groom comes, and the five wise attendants who are there, they, they have their oil lamps, they light the way for the groom. There's this festival procession. They go to the banquet, and, and when the five foolish ones get back, they come, and the door's locked, and... They're locked out of the banquet. The fatal flaw for those five foolish virgins was not having enough oil, right? The, the mistake they made is that they weren't ready when the groom came. I suppose if we wanted to think a little bit more than to say, if, if Jesus is talking to his followers and encouraging us to be ready, to be watchful, how do you and I live as those five wise attendants, those five wise virgins? Suppose let's first just figure out what in the world Jesus is talking about when he has that picture of oil, huh? Because that ended up being the deciding factor, right, of whether or not they got into the banquet or not. So the oil is well, genuine faith. Because that's what gets someone into the banquet, right? The, the banquet being heaven, the, the reason you and I will get into heaven is what we've heard, my guess, is every single week you've come to church here. Right? The reason you and I get to heaven is because we have a Savior. A Savior who lived for us, a Savior who died for us, and, and a genuine faith that, that trusts in what that Savior has done for us says, it's not me, it's, it's entirely what my God has done for me which means the lack of oil reflects a lack of genuine faith. I suppose you could probably classify that into two different general categories, right? Someone who, who had a, a faith and then gradually or quickly fell away. Or you could think of someone who, yeah, came to church, did all the right things, went through all the motions, but really never trusted in Jesus as their Savior. And so now, God, or the, we know, Jesus tells us that the groom is coming. And so he says, be ready. The foolish, the unwise virgins, the foolish are those who think they're prepared for the Lord, but aren't. So how do you and I avoid that? How do you and I avoid that the being unprepared and unready for our Savior to return? In other words, how do you and I store up oil for ourselves? Right? So that we're ready. Whether the, or not that the Savior takes a, a long time in returning from our perspective or he comes very shortly. Well, if 
oil, the oil in Jesus' parable is, is a genuine faith. How do you and I how do you and I grow in our faith? God tells us that too in his word, doesn't he? Right, in, in Romans he says faith comes from hearing the message and the message is heard through the word of Christ. Right, that though he, he encourages us and Peter to continue to grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Christ, Jesus Christ, that, that the way faith is stored up, the, the way faith grows, is by coming into regular contact with, with the gospel. So if you and I are to be wise virgins, if you and I are to be wise attendants, watching and ready and, and waiting for our Savior to return, it would do us well to be in regular contact with God's word then, huh? Because that's the way that our, our, that's the way our God continues to grow and strengthen our faith. Which means as we hear Jesus' encouragement at the end, right, to keep watch because you do not know the day or the hour. Jesus wants me to keep watch, which means he wants me to be spiritually alert. Right, reading and studying and, and, and in God's word, whether in, in here at in worship, it, it means I'm, I'm in a Bible class regularly. It means I'm, I'm on my own reading and studying God's word so that I have a better understanding of all that my God has done for me and who he is. It means as a, as a family, I'm taking time as a parent to sit down with my kids and, and read them, read stories out of their, their Bible storybook. It might mean as a spouse, I'm sitting down with my spouse and having a, a devotion and a prayer. It means as a family, perhaps we gather together and have a devotion before or after dinner. It, it means on my own, I'm reading and studying God's word, all because... I know the groom is coming. I know my Savior is going to return. I just don't know when. And so for me to be ready means I have to be in the Word. I have to be prepared so that when my groom comes or I go to my groom, I know exactly who he is. I know exactly what he's done for me. And that faith that he's created in my heart is one that's been nurtured and grown through regular contact with God's word. And when it has, then you can look at all the different things life might throw at you and you can say, I'm in good hands. I'm ready for my Savior to return today. I'm ready for him to return four generations from now. I'm ready because I know who my Savior is. I know what he's done for me, and I know in my Savior I'm in good hands. Amen. And the peace of God, which goes beyond our understanding, will guard and will keep your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.